Welcome to the Private School Leader Podcast, where private school leaders learn how to thrive and not just survive as they serve and lead their schools. I strongly believe that it is possible to have a long and happy and fulfilling career as a private school leader. And my passion is to help you figure out exactly how to do just that right here on the Private School Leader Podcast. I'm your host, Mark Minkus. So the title of today's episode is How I Led My School While Dealing with Grief. And I want you to notice that the title of this episode is not How You Should Lead Your School While Dealing with Grief. Because everyone is different. Everyone handles grief differently. I'm not an expert on grief. I'm not a therapist. And Everyone experiences loss differently, so I'm not going to tell you how you should lead your school if you, unfortunately, are dealing with loss or grief in your life. However, I am going to share my experience, and maybe it will be helpful to you. Because from May 2017 to September 2021, Three of my sisters passed away, my father-in-law and my father passed away in a span of a little over four years, three sisters, my father-in-law and my father. And I hope that sharing my story will help you if you need to still show up every day and lead at school while dealing with grief and loss. But before we get into today's topic, I want to say thank you for listening to the podcast by giving you a free gift. And I've actually created a brand new resource for you, and it's called The Seven Steps to Having Successful Meetings with Upset Parents. This guide is an 11-page PDF that gives you a step-by-step plan to have better meetings with the parents at your school. So every good coach has a game plan, and every good teacher has a lesson plan, but I think that too many private school leaders don't have a plan when they sit down to meet with an upset parent. Well, now you have a plan, and you can grab this free guide at theprivateschoolleader.com slash meeting. If you want to feel more confident and be less stressed when you meet with a parent, you just can grab the seven steps to having successful meetings with upset parents by going to theprivateschoolleader.com slash meeting, and I hope that it helps. In May of 2017, my oldest sister Kathy died of breast cancer. In June of 2018, my father-in-law died of pancreatic cancer. And one week later, my twin sister Ruth died of breast cancer. And then in February of 2019, my sister Marcia died from a heart attack. And then in September of 2021, my father died from COVID-19. So as I said at the top of the episode, in a little over four years, that's three sisters, my father-in-law, and my father. And I would say that my wife is definitely my best friend, but outside of her, my father-in-law and my father were my two best friends on this planet. And so three sisters and my two best friends other than my wife in a little over four years. And it was hard. It was really, really hard. And as a school leader, you know that there's a lot of people depending on you. And during that span of four years of grief and loss, I learned some things. And I learned some things about myself, but I just want to pass on to you today and 
these things that I learned and then hope that you never, ever, ever need this advice. And so the few things, let's see, I have six things here that I learned when I was dealing with grief while still leading my school. Um, And let's just run through them quickly and then I'll break them down one at a time. Number one, take the time that you need. Number two, be a human being with your team. Number three, talk to someone. Number four, schedule what makes you happy. Number five, expect the unexpected triggers. And number six, lean on your faith and family. So number one is take the time that you need. And I'll be the first to admit that as private school leaders, I think that most of us rarely take time off, especially during the school year. And work invades the evenings, it invades the weekends. And some of that just comes with the job. But some of it is just us accepting that that's the only way there is. And I also think that sometimes, I know this is true about me, sometimes I would wear it as a badge of honor to never take a day off. And an example of that is in the early 90s, I had pneumonia. And I only missed one day of work. And I actually coached a basketball game on one of the nights that I had pneumonia. And I kind of bragged about it. And it was like, yeah, you know, little pneumonia is not going to keep me down, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, you know, if you've listened to more than a few episodes of this podcast, that I've changed my ways. um, And I'm encouraging you that we don't have to wear that as a badge of honor. And so what about the bereavement policy at your school? Um, If you have a bereavement policy and and God forbid that a close person to you passes away, um, is it three days? Is it five days? When my sister Kathy passed away at my school, it's five days of bereavement for an immediate family member. And so when my sister Kathy passed away in May of 2017, I think I probably took like one day off for the funeral. And when my father-in-law and my twin sister passed away, it was late June and early July, and I was already off work at that time of year. But when my sister Marcia passed away in February of 2019, I actually took the five full days of bereavement leave. And then when my dad passed away in the fall of 2021, I also took the five full bereavement days. So what, what changed? Well, I figured out that the bereavement days were not just for the funeral. Um, And I used to think that it was like, okay, well, the funeral's on a Tuesday, so I can be at work on Monday. Um, But really, these bereavement days are for you to be sad and to be with family and to be away from work while you're sad. And I know that being away from work is hard and that there's this sense that, well, everything will fall apart if you're not there. And some of that might be true, but I think also some of it is pride in how important we are, and some of it is a lack of confidence in our people. And I wanted to share a little quick story about, um, I coach a school leader, she lives in Iowa, and um, this past summer, um, her husband surprised her with a trip. She found out, you know, a couple of hours before they were leaving, um, her f- whole family was in on it, her sister was in on it, her team at school was in on it, and she had just enough time to pack some a uh, suitcase or two and to leave for the airport. And this particular person, she had a very hard time 
um, letting go of things and always needed to know what was going on and um, maybe didn't have a, enough confidence in her uh, team um, and always figured that everything was going to fall apart if she wasn't there. Well, when she left, um, her team had an email prepared and they said, look, we've got this. We're not going to bother you. Just go on your trip with your husband and um, have a great trip and everything will be fine um, when you get back. Well, it was fine when she got back, but what she learned the following, you know, they were gone for a week and then she came back on the Monday morning. And what she learned was while she was away, a squirrel had chewed through some kind of cable and caused the power to go down. And it wasn't so much the power going down as it was when the power came back on and there was a surge. And I don't know if all the surge protectors didn't work properly or if that part was disabled or what happened, but it caused a huge problem in the school. The uh, digital financial record backups were gone. Um, all the software had to be reinstalled on every computer in the school. I mean, it was a big mess. But they did not reach out to her on her trip and tell her about it. And you know exactly what happened. They figured it out and they handled it. And then when she got back, they told her about it and everything had already been fixed. And she got to see how capable her team really was. And it made a change in what she thought was an impossibility, which was not being at school and that everything would fall apart and really got to see things through that lens. But I really believe that sometimes it's hard to believe that unless we actually see it, but you don't need to go through a squirrel chewing through a cable and having an electric surge at your school for you to stop and think about your team and to maybe evaluate our own egos and our own pride and remember that if we need to take some days because someone close to us has passed away, then we need to take those days. And bereavement, bereavement time is a benefit that you've earned. You know, and you might say, oh, well, yeah, I've earned this many days of PTO and I never take all my PTO. Well, that's a problem. Um, but specifically with bereavement leave, I would strongly encourage you to take the time that you need. And that's coming from a person who originally did not take enough time and then I did take the time and it made a huge difference in me being able to be much more prepared to return to work. So number one is to take the time that you need. Lesson number two that I've learned is to be a human being with your team. And so I had lost my sisters, three sisters. I had lost my father-in-law. I had lost my dad. And, you know, at first I just kind of um, had this approach of, well, everything's fine. Everything's fine. You know, I'm fine. You know, basically I'm this unfeeling robot and my team needs to see how tough I am and they need to see how strong I am in the face of adversity and just these stories that I was telling myself. But it's okay to be sad at work. Um, and like I said, unfortunately, I experienced these um, five different people close to me passing away in those four years. And like I said, the first couple, I didn't really handle it well. And then um, later on, when people passed away, I just started to try and do things a little bit differently. And so I decided to be a human being with my team. And 
my teachers and my boss and the other members of the leadership team were extremely kind and gracious and they were amazing. And here's the thing. People want to be led by a human being. And I've never felt more taken care of and more loved than, you know, when I would return from one of these losses and I didn't have to act like I wasn't sad. I didn't have to act like everything was fine and I could still get my job done. But a lesson that I learned was that I needed to be a human being. Okay. Lesson number three that I learned dealing with grief while trying to lead at school was that I needed to talk to someone. And so our school has an employee assistance program, an EAP. And um, I reached out and they connected me with a grief counselor. Her name is Virginia. And unfortunately, Virginia and I got to know each other um, over the years. And um, it was honestly the best thing that I could do for myself, for my family, for my teachers. Because, you know, when I was going through that, it wasn't just my school that needed me. It was also that my family at home, my wife and my daughters um, needed me. But I also needed to try and do something for myself so that I didn't end up, um, you know, kind of spiraling um, at that point. And so, obviously, Virginia a grief counselor, trained. She knows what she's doing. And I just think about it in this way. You know, I have a good uh, mechanic that is up the street from my house, and I'm thankful for him. His name's Hugh. And if my car is making some weird noise and I don't know what the heck is going on, I'm going to take it up to Hugh, and if he tells me that it's this or it's that and it's going to cost that much to fix, then I'm going to say, okay. And, and, Here's the thing. I trust Hugh, and I know that some of you probably wish that you had a mechanic like that, and, and maybe you feel like you're not sure if you're getting ripped off or not. But my point is, is that Hugh is this expert. And if he tells me that it needs this or that, then I'm going to listen to him. And this is what I need to do. And then I'll just do the thing. I'll let him fix it. Or if I come home from work one day and my air conditioner unit outside is not working or it's making all kinds of banging noises or something, I'm going to turn off the power to it and I'm going to call Robbie the guy who installed it and he's going to say okay it needs this and it needs this or it needs replaced or needs to be replaced or whatever my point is those are professionals they know what they're doing and they know what the thing needs well Virginia is a professional and so I'm not a mental health professional I'm not a grief counselor and so all I know is I was dealing with grief and I needed to talk to somebody that was an expert and so I think that in some areas of our life, we would never go to a car mechanic to get the pain in our back fixed. We would never call our AC repair person to um, deal with, you know, if we were having migraines that we couldn't get rid of. But we do take our cars to the mechanic. We do call the HVAC people when something's wrong. We call the experts in our lives. We go to the doctor when something's hurting. But when it comes to mental health, I think a lot of times we don't do that. We just figure that we'll just suck it up. And I get it. As school leaders, sometimes or most of the time, that's how we have to approach things is just suck it up and do the thing. But I believe I've learned this lesson that when it comes to mental health and when it comes to grief and loss, that I needed to talk to somebody. All right. On to lesson number four. 
when you do return to school, schedule things that make you happy. So spending time with kids is what makes me happy at school. And so in my calendar, you know, you've, you've um, probably listened to episode, I think it was episode seven, uh, for productivity hacks for busy private school leaders. And one of those things was claim some white space on your calendar where you schedule your good intentions. And I schedule things into my calendar each week, like, you know, going to fourth and fifth grade homerooms, going to middle school homerooms, recess and lunch, um, club time, just some different things that are high visibility times where I can get out, but I can also interact with kids in a more informal setting because that brings me joy. And so when I got back, I just made sure that I was getting a lot of FaceTime with the kids. And so um, the reason I bring that up is for two reasons. One, it's really good for you to do the thing that at work energizes you the most, brings you the most joy, and to just make sure that you have it. And here's why. Because when you get back from being off for bereavement leave, you're going to say, oh my goodness, I need to get caught up. I need to get caught up. And you're going to just grind that out and you're going to just work really, really hard, but you're not going to get to those other things that would bring you joy. And so there can be a balance. I'm not saying that you're going to spend all day in kindergarten reading stories, but I think that a little bit goes a long way. And so a few intentional interactions with kids or whatever it is also outside of school that makes you happy. And I'll talk about that in a moment. But I want to share one quick story about something that happened when I came back after my sister Marsha passed away in February of 2019. And so my teachers had, um, if you've read my about page, you know that I'm kind of addicted to Coke Zero. Well, they had purchased a bunch of cases of Coke Zero and they had like made this wall um, next to my desk where I literally couldn't get to my chair because of all of the um, cases of Coke Zero and they left me a beautiful note and signed it. But then that was amazing. And then the next day, our eighth graders, our school goes up to eighth grade. Um, they said that they wanted to do something for me. And I guess they had been planning this while I was on bereavement leave. And so what they did was, is that they made a breakfast and the only people that were invited were their homeroom teacher and myself. And it was this beautiful breakfast that they made, um, and invited me to, And also they gave me like two dozen roses in this vase for my office. And they also purchased a brick paver. Um, We have a sculpture at our school and like many places you can buy a brick paver with something engraved on it and my sister Marcia's name in memory of uh, Marcia Mills and and the um, year and from class of 2019. And so those were very, very meaningful. And, you know, you've heard me say the quote before from Maya Angelou, people will forget what you said. They will forget what you did, but people will never forget how you made them feel. And that was actually the quote that I chose for that graduating class because they made me feel loved and taken care of and welcomed and that everything was going to be okay. And that was incredibly kind and sweet and generous on their part. But we know that there are things that got us into this as far as why we are private school leaders. And it has to do with kids and it has to do with teachers and parents and trying to make a difference. And so my advice, I guess, unsolicited advice would be schedule what makes you happy and remember to just lean into um, the, these kids um, and to those interactions with kids. 
And then the last thing on this about schedule what makes you happy is also outside of school. So what is it for you that if you completed this sentence, boy, I really wish I had more time to blank. Maybe it's stand up paddle boarding. Maybe it's going for a walk or reading a book or spending more time outside. Whatever it is, we have these good intentions and I know what you're saying. You're like, yeah, right, Mark, I really wish I had time to do that. Well, here's the thing. When you come back from bereavement leave, not only at school do you need to schedule things that make you happy and energize you a little bit, you need to increase the intentionality around the things outside of school as well that are going to bring you joy. Because you've heard of regression to the mean. Well, (laughs) when you lose someone close to you, you're not at baseline when it comes to your, your mental health or your mood. And so those things can help move you back towards baseline. All right, number five, um, the fifth lesson that I learned um, while dealing with grief while leading my school was to expect the unexpected triggers. So I told you that in 2018, my father-in-law passed away in late June from pancreatic cancer. And, you know, I dealt with it pretty well. We had the funeral and, and, you know, I felt like I was doing really well um, in in July and in August, and then it was back to school, and we got the first few days of school underway and all that kind of stuff. And then it was Labor Day weekend, and I remember, you know, Labor Day weekend is usually the first big weekend for college football. And I remember sitting down on the couch and turning on the game that came on at noon, and all of a sudden it just hit me like a ton of bricks. And that's because my father-in-law and I, his name's Ken, Ken and I used to talk about college football all the time. And when I was out there uh, visiting him, he's went in Ohio. um, When he was um, visiting me, um, we would talk, we would watch college football. You know, it it was a big part of our relationship. And so sitting down on the couch that day, all of a sudden just hit me like a ton of bricks. And I was not expected, expecting that. Like I said, expect the unexpected triggers. And so it could be a song, it could be a holiday event at school, it could be a restaurant. Um, There's all kinds of things that can be unexpected triggers that bring up those emotions. And so what I've learned to do is to just kind of, um, when I was growing up, you know, I was the youngest of seven kids, my parents were always really busy, and I kind of was just taught that if you have big feelings, just kind of put a lid on it and push it down and, and then you'll forget about it. And so that was kind of how I lived my adult life. But I would say that in the past several years, and that a lot of help with from Virginia as the grief counselor is to just kind of let it in, you know, let those sad feelings in that sad feelings and acknowledging them and feeling them is actually part of having good mental health. And to kind of sit with those feelings and just feel it and it's okay to be sad, you know, and maybe you need a little bit of time to yourself. Maybe you need a day here or there months later after that person passed away. Well, like I said before, we're not inclined to take those days, but I found it to be just something that maybe I didn't take a day off at that time, but I did learn that when the sad feelings come, Instead of just pretending they're not there and putting a lid on it and pushing the box down, that it's okay to let in those sad feelings and to just sit with them and feel them and acknowledge them. And then it did make it easier for me to kind of move on to the next thing. All right, 
And then number six, uh, the uh, sixth lesson that I learned while dealing with grief and leading my school is to lean on your faith and your family. So I'm a person of faith, and so I really leaned on God during those times, but I'm also a big, big family person, very close to my family. And and so I leaned on my family as well. And you might not be a person of faith. You might not even believe in God, and that's, that's fine. Um, but if you're not, then if you don't have a faith to lean on, then your inner circle, your family, your friends, those people that you can count on um, when the times get tough. And so just lean on those people. And it was really hard for me to say yes to things when people were offering things that would take care, try to take care of my family and me. And so I wouldn't say yes when people were offering a meal or a, a, a um, digital gift card to just go through a, a, a you know, do takeout at a restaurant or whatever, just to make things one less complicated thing in the day. You don't have to cook for the family. All right. But I told you that, you know, again, unfortunately, over the course of those four years, I would say early on, probably the first two years, I'm fine. We're fine. You know, no, no, that's nice of you to offer. Um, But in year three and year four with those losses, I would be like, you know what? Yes. Thank you so much. That's very kind and very practical. And they want to give love. They want to give generously and take care of you. And so I feel like, again, unsolicited advice would be that we just need to accept the love that they want to give those people in our lives. And so um, I just, again, leaning on my faith, leaning on family um, is very, very important in those um, difficult times. And also leaning on your team. You know, there are teachers at school that care about you. There are coworkers and other leaders that care about you. And I know sometimes that feels a little bit awkward. It certainly felt awkward for me to accept you know, generosity or kindness from them. But I started to do that and it makes them feel better, like they're helping. And it also makes you feel taken care of. And so maybe don't just immediately um, go into our principal mode or our head of school mode and be like, everything's fine. We've got this. We've got this. Well, I learned that I didn't have this. And so I got help and did the things that I mentioned. And so before I kind of run back through those, I just want to say that you know, sometimes in life we look back and we wonder, you know, how did we, how did we get, how did I get here? You know, it's almost like you climb Mount Everest and it's really, really hard. And then you get to Mount Everest and you look back and you're like, how did we even get up here? But when I look back over those four years, I honestly, I don't know how I did that season in life um, and, and still continued to, you know, meet all my responsibilities at work and at home. And I really can't tell you how to do it. Um, I can only kind of reflect a little bit on how I did it, and I hope that you never, ever have to deal with a significant loss and and with grief while leading your school, but if you do, um, I just want to say what really helped me were these six things. Number one, take the time that you need. The bereavement time, it's there. It's, it's for you to not only go to the funeral, but also to be sad and process those emotions and be there for your family. Take the time that you need. Number two, be a human being with your team. Your team does not want to be led by a robot and it's okay to be sad at school and it's okay for people to know that you're sad and just be a human being with your team. Number three, talk to someone. Probably the most important thing that I did during that time was to 
talked to Virginia, the grief counselor, and um, all the help that she as an expert was able to give me. Number four, schedule what makes you happy. So when you do return to work, try and increase um, the things at work that bring you joy and also things at home that bring you joy and schedule them so that you can be intentional and make sure that those happen, especially shortly after you return from being off for the funeral. Number five, expect the unexpected triggers. You'll be just going along with your day and then all of a sudden something hits you in a certain way and rather than do what I used to do, which is put the lid on the box and just shove the box down in there, is to just acknowledge those feelings. And acknowledging negative feelings is a sign of good mental health. And then number six, lean on your faith and family. Um, It's something that you can't do by yourself. I certainly couldn't do it by myself. And so we have other Uh, things uh, in our lives, other people in our lives that want to help and want to care for us. And so I always like to end every episode with a call to action. And I just want you to um, acknowledge that life is hard and that we also have very demanding jobs and our jobs can be relentless. And your call to action is that if you need to take a day off to be sad, then take a day off to be sad. And it doesn't have to be that it's a person in your family that died, that died. It could be a pet. You know, we had to put our 13 year old dog down in March of this year. And so, you know, just again, your call to action is, is if you need to take a day off to be sad about something is to take that day off. So I want to wrap it up by reminding you that there's another free resource for you called the six things that every private school teacher wants from their leader And this is a six-page PDF that could be a real game-changer for you as you lead your school. And I guarantee you that if you do these six things, the teachers at your school will be happy to follow you. And you can get that guide by going to theprivateschoolleader.com slash guide. And there are a bunch of free resources for you on on my website. And you can check those out at theprivateschoolleader.com slash resources. And if you're getting value from this podcast, I just would love to hear from you. My email address is mark.o.minkus at gmail.com. That's M-A-R-K dot O dot M-I-N-K-U-S at gmail.com. And just let me know about a strategy that you're using that really motivates me to keep producing this content. Or let me know your biggest pain point right now, and that could lead to a future episode. And be sure to subscribe so that you never miss an episode. And you can, all, you can find the show notes for today's episode by going to theprivateschoolleader.com slash episode 47. And a new episode of this podcast comes out every week on Apple, Spotify, YouTube, wherever you find podcasts. Um, if you got value from this episode, I would love if you would share it with other leaders at your school or aspiring leaders. And also if you would be willing to write a review wherever you listen to podcasts and to rate it. And that helps the algorithm push the content out as a suggested podcast to private school leaders all over the world. And then finally, you can connect with me on Instagram at the private school leader or on Twitter at the PS leader. And I've been your host, Mark Minkus. I just want to say that I appreciate you and all the hard work that you're doing at your school. Thank you so much for taking me along on your run or your commute or while running errands or walking the dog. I know your time is precious and I really, really appreciate it. And so thanks again for joining me. I will see you next time right here on the Private School Leader Podcast. Until then, always remember to serve first, lead second, and make a difference.